Hey everyone, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Rumcast. Who's the Rumcast, you say? Well, we are the podcast that talks all things rum-related with the people who love and shape it. Uh, my name is John Gullah, and with me is Will Hookinga. And since we consider ourselves to be people who love rum very much today, um, yes, we're we going to provide our own top three picks for a underrated great rum to use in a daiquiri. Will, I think it's been a while since it's been just the two of us. Are you as pumped for this topic as I am? It has. You know, it's it's nice. We always, we love our guests at the Rumcast. It's great. But sometimes when we just, you know, just the two of us get to sit down and talk about whatever topic we can think of, in this case, underrated daiquiri rums, I got really into this one. I'm almost... I would say I'm as excited about this episode as I am about the holiday season in general. You know, I've got the Christmas tree up at the, like right after Thanksgiving, like boom, Christmas tree went up. (laughs) Boom, garland went around the front porch. Yeah. Yeah, Samantha and I wasted no time. We've got the lights on and everything. We've got a Christmas tree in the den downstairs. We've got one in our bedroom, which has a window that you can see from the front of the house. So you have multiple Christmas trees, you said? Well, they're they're both fake. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So we've become those people. I think I think like maybe three or four years ago was the last year we did a real tree. And Mm -hmm. as I was shoving the tree into the trunk of my Toyota Prius to go dump it somewhere, I was just like, never again. I'm I'm not I'm not doing this. So yeah. But I, you know, I did something for the first time this year. Do you ever have those things around the house or just in your life where it's like a small little annoyance and you know you could take care of it with just a little bit, like 10 minutes of work, but you just keep not doing it and it just keeps bothering you and bothering you and bothering you day after mm-hmm. day? A- every well, day, yeah. <laughs> yes. One of those things was that Christmas tree that we have in our bedroom upstairs. Okay. You know... When, when it's the end of the night and, you know, we're in bed, you know, reading, settling down, that kind of thing, it's really mm-hmm. nice around the holidays to just have the lights from the Christmas. They're, they're white lights on the one upstairs we have. Yeah, I know what you multi-colored mean. Multicolored mm-hmm. ones downstairs. Mm-hmm. But we just have the Christmas tree lit. It's very nice and peaceful. The only part that sucks is one of us has to get up and walk <laughs> over and unplug the tree <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. before going to sleep. Yep. and. I know that there is technology that makes this product a moot point. You know, there are things we have. Mm-hmm. We have an uh, Amazon Echo in our bedroom. I mm-hmm. know there are smart plugs. I know I could fix this problem. In fact, my bedside table, I can use voice to turn it on or off. Right. But just for years, I don't do this. And then finally, this year, I got the smart plug. And so now all I have to do is say, Alexa, turn off the tree. Sweet. And it's good. You don't I'm even bringing... have to clap. Just Alexa. No, don't yeah. even have to clap. <laughs> I remember the clap clap on, clap off commercials. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I'm bringing this up because I solved a similar problem in my daiquiri recipe, which for mm-hmm. years, I'm, I'm somewhat embarrassed to admit that for years I felt that I make just shitty daiquiris at home, really? which seems silly because it's such a simple cocktail. Yeah. And I'm just never as satisfied with the ones I make at home as I am when I go into a great bar and get a good daiquiri. And it's always bothered me. And I knew I was like, you know, if I sit down and I just figure this out, experiment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and try a few different things, I'll arrive at the proper recipe for me. And so this episode finally prompted me to sit down and do the 10 minutes of work it took to (laughs) to fix my daiquiri recipe. And... The worst part about it is that it was shockingly simple and stupid of me. Uh, I had been making a stupid mistake for years, which was that I originally was just going off the Smuggler's Cove recipe, which is two ounces of rum, three quarters ounce lime juice, 
and half an ounce of their demerara syrup recipe, which mm. I believe is a two to one syrup, um, if not a one and a half to one. It, it's definitely okay. not a one to one syrup. Like it's it's sweeter and denser than your average simple syrup, which is why yeah. they use half an ounce. My idiotic self was using the same recipe, but I always just make a one to one simple syrup. Um, ah. Just. Okay. I don't. I don't know why. I just. I just prefer having that around as opposed to a, a denser one. Okay. And for years, my my daiquiris just didn't taste right, and it was because I was putting half an ounce of one to one simple syrup. And like I was aware of it, but I told myself, you know, I don't really like super sweet drinks anyway, so it should yeah. be fine that I'm just making mine a little less sweet. But the daiquiri, John, it's all about balance. That's what the I, bartenders I say. That's no. what the experts say. It's all about balance. And my balance, when something is so simple, right? Yes, exactly. A half mm-hmm. an ounce matters. And yeah, so yeah. I finally, I know we're going to talk about our recipes. I, I guess I'm going ahead and, and spoiling mine right here. But yeah, I finally switched to the two ounces of rum, three quarters ounce of one to one simple syrup and three quarters ounce lime juice. And it's just mm. like, boom, a light bulb went off. All my drinks started tasting great. And I'm, I'm feeling really good about where I'm at right now. So That's I guess I'll, cool. I'll start by just saying what, what I know we're going to talk about some other stuff before we get into our picks. But yeah, what is your recipe? Well, I, so I use a standard before I get my recipe out there. I, I thought you were going to say you bought one of those fancy machines and you said, Alexa, make me a daiquiri. And that was how you <laughs> solved it. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, did those actually integrate with with a uh, with Alexa? They I, I saw did. one. Why I saw one they? recently. Yeah. I don't know if it's like with Alexa or if it's with, you know, Google or whoever. Uh, but I did see right. one that you can tell it to make you a drink. And I'm sure it's awful. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm not sure it's awful. And maybe it's good, but I've never had one that way. Anyway, my, my daiquiri recipe is pretty straightforward. It's, uh, as you know, and we talk about Will here a lot, I'm not big into making cocktails, but the mm-hmm. daiquiri is one I, I do pride myself on. And okay, I feel like I go. make a pretty good daiquiri. All right. And every time people come over, the, especially the not rum people and not like, mm-hmm. you know, spirits people, I make them this daiquiri. And they're like, yeah, this is actually really good. Wow. So, so I feel got, like I have some you've validation. You've got your go-to move for guests. Yeah. And it's it's really simple. And there's something that I like in the mathematical property of my proportions. Oh. And, you use uh, like a golden ratio or something? I, I know, right? It's like Fibonacci numbers <laughs> or something. I mean, no. um, it's just two ounces of the rum, one ounce of fresh lime juice, and yes. half an it ounce It goes of, without saying. Yeah. And half an ounce of Demerara syrup, two to one. Okay. so you. But you, I use specifically Demerara. Okay, so you yes. okay? Interesting. That's yeah. actually I, I'm I'm not into using demerara. So I I know it's delicious, but something mm-hmm. in my mind I want it to be as like stripped down as possible. And doing demerara that. syrup yeah. just seems like a little bit extra to me. Well, it just imparts something that makes it more rich. A je ne sais quoi, would you? Yeah, say? and 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 the the rums that I'm going to tell you are in mine uh, top. Anyways, they hold up to it. So okay. it's about having a good rum that goes with it. Like if you were going to try to use, you know, a, a Bacardi, you know, or like bottom shelf type of uh, yeah. 40 ABV rum, I don't think it would work as well. But when I use it with these rums that we're going to hopefully, you know, talk about here and I'll see what yours are and mine are, then I think that's where it comes into play. And it really, like you said, it's all about balance. So, so quality how much... syrup needs a quality rum is what hey, you're saying. Bam. You couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> and fresh limes. Like, I, yeah. I, you know, I know... I'm sure Tennessee, you have plenty of fresh limes easily. Uh, in Miami, fresh limes are like, you know, I go pick one, which is great. I mean, yours, yours may come locally. I, exactly. I'm sure you can at least find some somewhere that are locally. I'm, I'm not going to find any locally grown limes in Tennessee, but well, that, I, that, I do always <laughs> use 
fresh squeezed lime okay. juice. Okay, I was trying to be nice uh, and not throw <laughs> it in your face that I probably can, you know, have them locally sourced. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean the the fresh limes are are uh, make a huge difference, obviously. So, all right, so yeah, that's that's my my kind of go to. So before we get into our picks, I did, and, and we've we've touched on this a little bit, but what is your kind of what do you like? in a daiquiri like are there certain things you must it sounds like demerara syrup is a must-have for you are there any other must do's or must don'ts when you're hmm. making a daiquiri at home i wouldn't say uh demerara is a must do but it is definitely a preference for it's a me. nice I've to ha- do yeah yeah i've had really great daiquiris that don't use it um mm-hmm. but for me it's just it's the the thing that separates i don't know why um we mentioned that the do is the fresh lime obviously as well yeah <sighs> Is there other must-dos? I can give you some of mine. Hey, why don't you start if you're, if, while if I'm you're thinking, thinking about any, the rest? Any for yeah. yourself. I think for me, so one must-do for me is the glass has to be in the freezer for like at least 10 minutes before I use wow. it. Wow. When, okay. I'm, when I'm pouring the, when I'm straining the daiquiri into the glass, I want okay. the glass to be... Frosty. Um, completely frosty yeah 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 and i use i like to the the glass isn't a must do but I, i'm showing you the one i'm using now i like to use little you know classic coupe glasses where the yeah. daiquiri just about is up to the brim they're awkward to I, carry I do because it's yeah. easy to spill but that's yeah. why you drink them quickly <laughs> yeah I, I don't have a whole lot of glassware in my house but i do have coupe glasses for this yeah. exact reason i don't put mine in the freezer though i just put ice in it and uh, uh ice water okay. And I, I like let it sit like the, for a few the minutes. Classy, fancy bartender thing to do, oh, like to, well. to set the glass right there and put the ice in it, and people are like, "Oh, what's he doing with that?" With, you know with that, that ice? That's me. I'm all fancy out. and classy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> the other ones for me, I've gone back and forth on this, but recently I've decided I I don't like ice chips in my daiquiri, and what I mean by that is if you if you just use the the uh, I forget what you call like the standard strainer. If you don't mm-hmm. use, also use the fine mesh strainer right. over the cocktail. It's a double strain. You, yeah. you get those little ice chips, which some people like them. And I won't say I don't mind them. They don't re- ruin the drink for me. Mm-hmm. But through mm-hmm. this experimentation, I've found double straining. I, I just, I really prefer. Gets mm. all the little ice chips out. I also, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like it helps with like developing a nice little thin layer of foam on the top, which I also enjoy the. Uh, appearance of and the kind of you know the feel of it when it when it hits your lips is nice so i've 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 settled on double straining as a Hmm. a, a rule for myself yeah i don't double strain mine Uh, i just do single straining but i also think it has to do with the ice that you have so for for some reason the ice that comes out of my refrigerator at home is not inclined to give me those ice chips so i guess i just kind of lucked out (laughs) yeah nice and uh so i don't really bother with the double straining also i'm all about like making it simple since i'm not really good at everything else so i don't like use a whole lot of uh double straining yeah, anyways, I don't love but, having to use the extra utensil, although I do yeah. feel like pulling out the fine mesh strainer and straining into it instantly mm. makes you look uh, like it's, smarter somehow. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, you're like or, another or level. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That might be worth it almost in itself. And then just a couple <laughs> other rules of thumb for me. I don't like too much oak in a daiquiri. And we're going to I know we were each supposed to do one pick that featured aged rum. And by aged drum, I don't mean, you know, like a Havana Club 3 where it's, mm-hmm. the, it's aged mm-hmm. and then filtered, but in, you know, an aged rum with, with, uh, with some oak on it. Yeah. Too much oak in a daiquiri is an instant turnoff for me. And I know, I, you know, I see posts sometimes where on a special occasion, people will, you know, grab a Foursquare ECS release and make a daiquiri with it. I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to shame anyone. That's totally cool. If you like that, I'm just saying for me, too much oak 
in a citrusy cocktail like this is just a recipe for me not liking it. So hey, yeah, I, I wish I could no disagree with me. you because yeah, I, I I love oak and I love oak I, I love oak and too. rum. I, I'm not I'm not anti oak. I love no oak. no. I'm it, just saying in this specific drink, I don't I don't want it in there. You're 100 percent right, and I'm right with you that oak in in a daiquiri doesn't really belong. And there might be some that I might be persuaded to kind of find some depth in and nice but i agree with you and in fact you'll see kind of i think what my picks are reflect that also move, move, those are my primary don'ts i would say for when i'm making one moving on i think we're each going to select a rum that you are not allowed to pick in this because again we're going for underrated we don't right. want to just do a list of the obvious rums at the same time we're trying not to get too super esoteric so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We wanted to select realms people will actually be able to find. Right. And just are perhaps underrated, overlooked in some capacity. But we are each going to name one that we are not allowed to use. So would you like to get us started there? Yeah, I'll go first with it. And I think this also helps us to highlight for those, you know, that maybe are just getting into doing daiquiris and are just pushing into that world. These are rums that are kind of the standard, right? So yeah. when, when you often go to a bar or many people are going to point you to these rums that we're going to say you can't use just because we're trying to get away from these and do some different things. But it's really important to highlight that that's, that's, these are rums that we would think of primarily. And yeah, the first these, one I'm going to tell you, go ahead. The, I was just going to say, these are the ones that like, if you go into a Facebook group or right. rum Reddit or something, and you're like, hey, what are what daiquiri rums should I get? I think the yeah. ones we're about to name are lots of the common recommendations. Yeah. So the most common one in the world, I think, and mm. the one that I think almost all daiquiris are judged by, yes. in my opinion, is Havana Club 3. Also and on my list. And yeah. yes, I would agree with you. Probably the most popular daiquiri rum in the world. Yeah. And if you didn't listen to our episode on Puerto Rican rums, where we talk a little bit about Havana Club that's from Bacardi, Puerto Rico versus Havana Club that's actually from Cuba, what we're talking yeah. about here is the Cuban Havana yes. Club 3 um, that we think is, well, I think is the standard by which all other daiquiris are judged by and is a fantastic product to to use a daiquiri for. So you can't use that, Will. Not that I think you would have because you said it was already on your list. But yeah. uh, yes, you can't use that one. So I wasn't planning yours? to use it, but but it will come in to the discussion of one of my picks. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. It might be a little, a little controversial. But so I will name a next one. A less popular rum, but one that I think among the true rum nerds is the go-to. This is the Rum Nerds Havana Club 3, which is Probitas. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Collaboration between Foursquare and Hampton Estate, a blend of Mm. Barbados and Jamaican rums, uh, some of which I I believe the Barbados portion is is somewhat aged. It has kind of a Mm -hmm. uh, a straw color to it. Uh, It's got a little bit of funk to it from, from the Hampton rum and is a... It's also forty-seven percent ABV, which which I appreciate. So that's 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 the rum geeks go-to daiquiri rum, I think. Yeah. Also, my favorite daiquiri rum of all time is Probitas. I, I can't say enough good things about it. And if you've never had one, you're truly missing out. And like, definitely, that's that's an awesome one. So, all right, fine. I can't use that one. I can't get it, it. I get it. Okay. What else are you taking off the table? I, I'm going to take off one here that I think um, it, it's an obvious one to take off, but mm-hmm. I also want to make sure it's not on your list. Huh? Okay. Is the Homeskey Fiji Single Origin, <laughs> which that... I really, really love. But yes. For obvious reasons, I think uh, we, we've talked about it enough here. And I'm also going to kind of throw into that the new Esotico Heritage Blend from Holmes Key. Okay, um, I've not that had is, that one yet. It, it's kind of brand new, so mm-hmm. I'm not... Uh, I, I, it's, it's intended 
to be a, a daiquiri rum. Right. And uh, it, it is really fantastic at doing that. But with that in mind, and it being A, very new and probably not out there yet, and then B, it's kind of intended for that type of thing. I wanted to take that off the table as a, an obvious choice. No objections. The Homsky Fiji Single Origin rum co-selected by the rum cast was also yeah. <laughs> on my list of rums not to pick. Although okay. I, I that's probably my go-to daiquiri rum, to be honest. It mm-hmm. is great, but yeah. we've talked about it enough, like you yeah. said. Don't need yeah. to include it here. So for my next one, I'm going to use... This is a, a really common one. I think if you go into any bar in the United States, there's a good chance that this might be their daiquiri rum. It's very popular in that respect, okay. which is Plantation Three Star. So yeah. taking that off the table, very popular, but yeah, don't need to discuss on this episode. Totally agree. And I'll go with my last one I'm taking off the table, which is kind of also in that same vein. I okay. think if they're not using Plantation 3 Star, there's a good chance they might be using Don Q Cristal. There you go. Another one on my list. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, a wonderful, nice rum to use in a daiquiri that we would recommend, but just so obvious that I wanted to leave it off of our list this time. So the only other ones I had on my list, just to throw them out real quickly, and hopefully these weren't ones you picked, but if if they were, maybe we can fight about it. Um, Another one, I I see this one recommended a lot online, and I've used it, and it does make a really great, just um, classic, very crisp, dry Mm -hmm. daiquiri, Mm -hmm. is Florida Cogna 4. Mm, um, yeah. So that's one I wanted to rule out. And then okay. the, the other one, this was more a personal rule for me, just because I feel like we've talked about these rums a lot, and it seems almost predictable for us to pick any of these three. Okay. But the three great Jamaican overproof rums, Ray and Nephew, Rum Fire, and Rum Bar Overproof were what I wanted to take off the table. I feel like that's uh, Daiquiri Advanced class. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but I also agree it is predictable, yeah. You got to change the proportions a little when you're, mm-hmm. when you're rocking with those. So yeah. Okay, but, yeah. okay, so we didn't pick any rums that each other had on our list. That's good. I feel like that no, means we each really did, uh, you know, dig down and do yeah. some actual underrated rums as opposed to, you know, just picking stuff that's already universally super popular. I agree. I'm 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 pleasantly surprised. I feel Me like too. we did our homework here. So, do we want to take a quick break and then move into actually revealing our top three picks each? I think that is a plan. Let's do it. Let's take a break, and we'll be back on the other side with our top three list. Hey, Rumcasters! This episode of the show is sponsored by Down Island Spirits, a brand new independent rum bottler that has just launched the first releases in its single cask rum series in the U.S. The founders of Down Island Spirits started the brand to solve a problem many of us rum enthusiasts are all too familiar with. So many of the incredible rums they encountered while traveling the Caribbean for the past 25 years were sadly not available back home. Down Island's single cask rum series aims to change that. You can check out and order the initial four releases at downislandspirits.com. These releases include everything from a 20-year-old 100% pot still rum distilled at Foursquare Distillery in Barbados to big, bold rums distilled at some of our favorite Jamaican distilleries. Oh, and one more thing, they're all cask strength and they're all free of additives. So again, go to downislandspirits.com to order yours now. And while you're at it, follow them on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with future releases. Now back to the show. All right. The time is now. We're going to reveal our top three 
underrated daiquiri rums lists. John, before we get into this, do you, we've in the past when we do lists like these, mm-hmm. a lot of times we have a pick or two that cross over. Do you mm-hmm. think we're going to have any crossover here? Um, I think there's potential for one or possibly, no, just just one that I'm worried that you might somehow have thought of. Um, but if at the it's same more time, than one, that would just be complete disaster territory. It would like, be. <laughs> like scrap the episode, just start over. Well, the, yeah. the funny thing is I have a top three, but I really have a top five. And <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm going to take my first top three and leave off the, the other ones. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All but right. two well, of those top five, if I had a top five, I would I would be worried. So I, I think uh, I would be genuinely surprised if you picked any of the ones. Um, not okay. necessarily because I think mine are super weird or out there, but just because mm-hmm. there's so many possibilities, so many different directions to go in. And I also feel like I've never heard you talk about I won't say all three of these rums, but two of them, I feel like I've, I've never heard you mention before. So yeah. let's just get right into it. What, what is your first pick? My first one is the one that I'm a little concerned with because I don't think it's too far afield. Let's just get uh, it out. And I just ripped the bandaid off. Let's see. Is there a <laughs> crossover? I, I will say that I don't think I've ever mentioned this rum on the podcast before. Oh, wow. And I really, really do like it as a daiquiri, which is why it's on my top list underrated here. Okay. Um, and that is... Diplomatico Planus. Ah, yeah. So I, this is—it's not on my list. First okay, of good. All, okay. But please tell tell me more. So because Diplomatico, I think when people hear yeah. Diplomatico, they're immediately mm-hmm. thinking the frosted dark green bottle, the Reserva Exclusiva. But that's not exactly. what you're saying here. No, this is uh, this is a uh, an a, technically an aged and filtered white mm-hmm. rum, and it, it's really hard to find information on the actual aging. I looked it up a little bit. It says it's aged up to six years, but as we know, that can be, uh, you know, what proportion is uh six years and what proportion is just a little bit rested and so we don't really know enough about that but i do know that it is aged to some degree and that it is filtered out uh so it's completely white and so this planus is i think probably one of the best replacements if uh what we mentioned the havana club three is not available Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. this is a really really good replacement for that it still has its own characteristic i'm not saying it's going to mimic it in every way Mm -hmm. you can tell them apart but my point here is when i wanted to go with an underrated rum, I wanted to go with something that was really giving me the classic daiquiri vibe that may not surprise you with what it what it brings, but it surprises you how good it is when you get it right. So I think it's underrated. It's the archetypal filtered rum to use mm-hmm, in this application. Mm-hmm. But man, it, it's it's just even on its own, I, I sipped it neat just to kind of go back to it and revisit it for this. And I was like, yeah, this is a really solid, well-made rum. So unlike those other ones that you mentioned, the DRE that has a ton of sugar added, I, I can't say that there's no sugar added here, but I will say it doesn't interfere uh, into making this classic daiquiri really well. Right. The other thing is it's, as you mentioned, you like it's 47% ABV, surprisingly. So typically, you'll see a lot of these rums be 40 ABV that come from countries like Venezuela. But in this case, it's that 47%. And that right. beef, that beef just gives it a little oomph that works in a classic daiquiri for me. So it, to me, this is a really, really good rum to use in this application. And I really keep it in my house exclusively for this. I, I honestly, I didn't realize it was 47. This is one I have not had, but I've been curious about mm-hmm. because I've seen, I think, I think in Shannon Mustafer's cocktail book, I think she recommends 
Plana specifically for a few cocktails. And so I yeah. saw that and I was like, huh, if, if she's recommending it, it must be legit. But I have not had the chance to try it yet. So well, she knows her shit. It's on, it is it's on the stuff. homework list yeah. now. Grab it. It's also very affordable. So another point for that also is it's, I, I can't remember exactly, roughly in the 25 to 30 $34 range. Pretty good for, for for this application. So yeah. Well, I love, you know, we don't have crossover here, but what we do have is some like-mindedness in our approach mm. because the first rum that I chose, I wanted to do the same of like something that makes a daiquiri that is similar to what I think people think of when they think mm-hmm. of the classic daiquiri. Yeah. For example, we both love the Probitas daiquiri. Mm-hmm. To me, a Probitas daiquiri is not what my mind goes to immediately when I think of classic daiquiri, because I I think of something Mm -hmm. with, to be honest, a little less in your face rum flavor. Probitas brings a little bit of that funk and Mm -hmm. which, which we love. Um, But when I think of a daiquiri, I think of something where the, the, the rum is there, but it's, it's a little bit more like Havana Club 3 daiquiri, uh, you know, for, for, for lack of a better descriptor. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to take a, white rum, for lack of a better word, and uh, aged and filtered rum that is clear. And I wanted to do a blind comparison to a Havana Club 3 daiquiri and just see how much of a drop-off or gain is there because I had never done that. So I took this rum, made a Havana Club 3 daiquiri and a daiquiri with this rum. I made them as quickly as possible, closely to each other, so that they would be right around the same temperature when I tried mm-hmm. them. Okay. I set them down on the counter. I walked out of the room. I asked Samantha to mix them up. And then I came back and I tried them blind. And I preferred the non-Havana Club 3. Really? Yeah, this is the part where I think there might be some controversy. People may even begin to start questioning my taste here, John. I'm a wow. little nervous. They're going to rabble, rabble? But the... <laughs> rum in question that I tested against it was a rum that is pretty widely available and prevalent, but I just don't hear it talked about much in cocktail making, even though that's what it's intended for. It just doesn't come up very much. And that rum is the real McCoy three-year. Oh, So this is is a product that comes from Foursquare Distillery. Mm -hmm. It is a blend of pot and column still rum. It is aged for three years. It is filtered so that it is clear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I put it up against the Havana Club 3. And the biggest thing that jumped out to me was I expected the Havana Club 3 to be the drier, crisper daiquiri, being, you know, that that one is all column still. Column, Mm mm-hmm. And that I knew the real McCoy three had, I, I don't know what the percentage is. They, they don't mm-hmm. reveal what the percentage of pot and column is, but it does say on the bottle, a blend of pot and column rums. Right. And the Havana club three, it ended up, it was, it had kind of like a density to it. And it was definitely sweeter tasting hmm. than the real McCoy three, the real, real McCoy three daiquiri. It was drier. It was crisp. It had that freshness to it. And that's not to say the Havana Club 3 daiquiri was bad, but just when I had them, I was like, this one is the one I want more when I'm going for that classic daiquiri vibe. And I picked it out of the lineup. And I, all, all the only conclusion I'm left with is that this is a perfectly suitable daiquiri rum for people to be using. And so if that's available in your market. I'm not saying it's like a replacement for Havana Club 3, because I think there are probably other rums that would come closer, maybe like the Diplomatico Planus, for example, although I haven't haven't done that test. Maybe something from uh, Panama, I know, 
you know, Don Poncho, who what is 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 cuban and, and made rums in cuba i know right. you know a lot of people say his rums are comparable to havana club three but this 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 rum makes it makes a rock solid daiquiri and so i i can't help but enter it in the conversation of one i feel like barbados kind of gets overlooked in the the daiquiri discussion and this is a a perfectly solid daiquiri rum so if this is available in your market and you can't get other stuff don't feel bad about about giving it a shot you know, it, you make a good point, which is that we don't often, at least I don't recall hearing much about Barbados rums used in the daiquiri no, application. Never. Um, you, even even the Plantation Three Star, which has some mm-hmm. Barbados in it, right. is a blend of, oh, I think it's, is it Barbados, Jamaica, and I, I don't know the other component, but I believe it's Not one sure. more country. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say Guyana, but I think I'm just thinking of OFTD, so I won't uh, get into that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, um, you don't think of Barbados rum when you think of daiquiris. Yeah. You know, I have to say, just as an aside here, I, I did try Real McCoy 5 recently. I don't think I've had the 3, so I can't I can't really speak to that, but I can speak to the 5. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest, for all the, the uh, praising, heap, heaps of praise that I, I push on to Barbados rums, especially Foursquare, I didn't really care for the five year. I'm not a fan of the five either, to be honest. I don't know what to do with it. It yeah. um it just it just doesn't have enough of anything for me. So I, I'm right there with you. Well, I'm glad to hear there wasn't just me, but you're yeah. saying the three is worthwhile then. Yeah, it, it's it's okay. it's a perfectly solid rum for that the the applications you would use that type of rum for in, in mm-hmm. my book more so than than the five and you know I I like the brand I think they're doing some some really great stuff in terms of transparency mm-hmm. and even um you know they've they've put nutrition facts on their label um, which is something we talked a little bit about in the recent bonus episode we mm-hmm. did for patrons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, yeah the, the three. Solid daiquiri rum. I never hear anyone talk about it, so I wanted to give it a little bit of love and reveal that I picked it over a Havana Club <laughs> 3 daiquiri <laughs> in a blind taste test when I yeah. expected to do the opposite. And I wonder if just our, our preference for a little bit of pot still in there also led you to that. Or but, but that's the thing is I didn't even think I was picking the one that had pot in it, you know? Really? Um, okay. Yeah. It's not like I was like, oh, this one is more robust and hmm. bolder. It wasn't that at all. Um, so Did you think you were picking that? Like you said, you thought yeah, this thought was the Havana right. Club 3. I, okay. I thought I got it okay. right. Yeah. I, I right. was wrong. That's surprising. Yeah, yeah. It gave me that that dry Christmas that I wanted. The Vanna Club, in comparison to it, just seemed yeah. like a sweeter drink, and I gravitated towards the Real McCoy. So, with that said, hit me with your second pick. So, my number two here is the one that I think qualifies as the aged rum. When we said we were setting this up and we talked about how we wanted to do it, one of them we wanted to have an aged rum that was aged and dark, not filtered, right? So, yes, it's creating that was my, a darker that was my daiquiri. interpretation. Yeah. Oh, well, I think this qualifies for sure. Okay. okay. Um, it's, it's a very light colored rum, but it still has the aging process just a little bit. So, this is Copali, Belize uh-huh. rum, barrel rested. Wow. Okay. And, uh, this is a, a fantastic rum, first of all, and I think a fantastic company that this barrel rested I had at a recent show here in Miami in a daiquiri, and I loved it. I mm-hmm. thought it was just 
really fantastic that they, they utilize this rum in this way. That's it, two the, fantastics, by the way. Everyone <laughs> keeping track at home. <laughs> it's uh, it's barrel rested for six to eight months, and it's 44% ABV. Okay. And with that, I think, you know, it's not quite up to that 47 of the, the planets that we talked about, but again, it's over 40. And I'm usually looking for something that's going to stand up to my daiquiri recipe, as we said earlier. Mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm. those few extra points for me just makes it really, really good. So the, the barrel rested is really fantastic. Oh, shit. <laughs> number three. Ding, that's number three. <laughs> <laughs> the Barrel Rested is a great, underrated, I think, daiquiri rum that you may not really think to use. You mentioned that we we look at the Probitas mm-hmm. as kind of that, that, and this, to me, again, like-mindedness, follows along that similar pattern. It doesn't have the funk of the Probitas, but it does have a little bit of similarity Got in the, that, well, that something, light something, something, aging. Something. Yeah. yeah. So it's not over oaked, as we said, and it's really nice. I also want to call out the other one, the white rum that they have, which is aged also, but it's it's rested in steel. So it, it's not even filtered. It's just not technically unaged. That That's one's inter- also an interesting distinction yeah. you make, because when I hear people resting in steel, I don't mentally I don't consider that aged at all. Um, yeah. To me, it's just it's. I, I don't know. It's it's just because the steel isn't necessarily imparting flavor. It's not. But it is, the rum is like, I, I hear producers talk about it, it, it mellows, it, it comes right. together kind of in that process. Yeah, but we talked about this I with Mentally, I separate Moba. it from yeah. aging. Right. We, we talked about the same thing with MOBA, who also rests in steel for some of their mm. product, that it, it does something to it. It mellows it out, like you said. So I, I don't want to fit two into one and, and pull a gullah here, where I'm breaking the rules. <laughs> but either of these Copalis are really good. So uh, that, take that for what you will. And yeah, if they're available, uh, get those for your daiquiris. You know, I considered talking about the Copali the unaged one, which is how I describe it in my mind, the mm-hmm, one that you mm-hmm. says is rested in steel. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I, I'm I'm into it. It's a good daiquiri rum. I don't hear people talk about it very much. It's from Belize, another country we don't associate with daiquiris at all. Right. And I, I have not had the barrel rested Kapali rum. So, um, you know, a rum I have had from them is there the one that they infuse with cacao. cacao? Have you mm-hmm. had that one? I have. I had it's it at the show. It's actually pretty good. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's I, good. I, yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up because then I would be fitting three into one. <laughs> but but yes, I really like the cacao. And the way that they do it, he was explaining to me at the show that they, they're infusing it and then redistilling it after the infusal. Oh, I did uh, not. Infusal? infusal. Infusion? <laughs> infusion. After the infusion, which is, I think, really cool. And I'm wondering why more people don't do that with some of their flavored rums. Because it just, it leaves it, it the, the, the cacao flavor is there, but it's not dominant. It's not sugary. No, uh, I, not at I all. I really it's, like it. It's yeah. still very dry, but you, yeah. and you it tastes like rum, but you get yeah. that hint of the cacao. I'm I glad you brought it, it up. Is it 40%? Uh, I want to say it is closer to 40%. It is. It's it's 80 proof, 40% ABV. Yeah. yeah. So like that's the kind of thing I want to see when people are doing flavored rums mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think they're using cacao that's from somewhere very nearby. Yeah. It's... And yeah, so it's... Anyway, um, we should probably just yeah. have someone from Kapali on at some point. And, and I think we ought to do that. Do, yeah. do a, do a deep, deeper dive into that. But um, that's cool. So not a crossover, but something, uh, yeah. a, a, a company that I had considered. All okay. Right. What's, what's your number two, Will? So my number two is one that we actually, we had someone from this place on the podcast. And I had the bottle of rum and I hadn't used it in any cocktails yet, even though I think think that's the primary design purpose and i just 
I hadn't really known what to do with it because it's higher ABV. And so then you have to rethink the ratios a little bit. And so while we were getting into this, I was like, I'm going to try this as a daiquiri and I'm just going to play with it until I get the ratios correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that rum is Providence Dunder and Syrup, mm, which nice. we just had Herbert Barbancourt Linge on the show. He told us all about that rum. So go check out the Providence episode if you haven't listened to that one yet. This is a Haitian rum. It is distilled from cane syrup. And it's actually, you know, people hear Haitian rum that isn't Barbancourt, and I think they immediately, their mind goes to something that's like wild and super funky, like Clarin, for example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This rum is not that to me. It does, it has a lot of character to it, but it doesn't have, it's not like uh, using a a Clarin Sajus or Vival or something like that, where it's really gonna gonna spice up your daiquiri a little bit when you use one of those. But this Mm -hmm. is a 56% ABV rum. And so what I did was I still did, three quarters ounce of simple syrup and lime juice. I just took the rum down to an ounce and a half and it was, it was like a perfect ratio. It was really great. Mm. I honestly think even though that rum to me is one that like, if I poured that neat for someone who is not already a rum enthusiast, it might be like a little out there for them. You know, Um, I do still think it's approachable. It's a complex yet approachable rum and the approachability shows up even more in a daiquiri, I think. It has like a little bit of an earthy undertone, but really great balance. I, I, I honestly, I think it's still a radio-friendly daiquiri, a little something extra, a hint of, of savoriness and almost like a little bit of smoke. But, you know, I had this, I, I poured it for myself. I handed it to Samantha to try which, you know, she's she's tasted a wide variety of rums mm-hmm. at this point because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's married to me. Um, some of them she enjoys. Some of the ones that are funkier or a little bit out there, she's not as yeah. into. And this one, you know, I've poured her like some daiquiris with rum agricole in them before. And she's like, mm-hmm. mm, not, not for me. She was into this one. So, again, I think this is a really fun... If you have a, bo- a bottle of Providence Thunder and Syrup and you are looking for some tasty cocktail applications and for some reason you're an idiot like me and you haven't put it in a daiquiri yet, you should put it in there. And, and again, this is just yeah. one that I, I don't hear it talked about a lot. I hear a lot of people bring up Clarins when the they Claren- talk about yeah. daiquiris, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this is a Haitian rum that I don't think comes up very much and I wanted to highlight here. I fully agree, actually. Providence is one I haven't had the pleasure of really... I, I don't have a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tried it at... A, we had a Florida Rum Society event where I tried both of their offerings uh, a while back. And I enjoyed both of them very much. I didn't try it in a daiquiri, but I could see exactly what you're saying and how that would work. One of the alternates that I had was definitely any of the Clarins, uh-huh. um, because I really, really love them. And I'm, I'm glad that you picked this to kind of represent that almost as a subgenre, yep. in a way, of daiquiri that I would fully agree with you. Not everybody's going to jump in and love this, but maybe to your point, that Providence bottle would be more approachable than those Clarins, the Sajus, the Vavals, Casimirs, and all of those. You know, I'm, I'm also glad to circle back to the Kapali. I'm glad you had something on there because I really love cane juice rums and daiquiris. Yeah. And my one yeah. regret with this exercise is that I didn't include any cane juice rums in my 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 three here that I'm going with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, like, I really wanted to get something with cane juice, whether it be a rum agricole or one from another country. But but this is just one. It's cane syrup. So it's sort of, it's a little yeah, it's- in between. It's mm-hmm. it's not molasses. It's not juice. It's somewhere in the middle. 
And uh, that that's exactly where I think it sits on the approachability scale. So definitely check this one out if you haven't yet. You'll be glad to know, moving on to my number three, that I did include another cane juice rum. Oh, good, good. Even though awesome. I had the Kapali, there was cane juice there. I really wanted a, more of an agricole type of mm-hmm. rum. So by pick number three, and I am intentionally pulling a gullah here and uh, <laughs> having kind of a two for one deal, but it is Pere Labat. Uh-huh. Either the 40 ABV or the ah, 59. Or the 59. Okay. Yes. I How do you adjust between the two? Well, so I'm going to tell you. change your so recipe the, at all? The, the 40 is the standard recipe, and that's the one that is obviously going to be much more approachable for people to bring them into the world of agricole in a daiquiri. Mm-hmm. And I think it works incredibly well. I think it's got the grassy and the vegetal components you would expect, but they're toned down enough within mm. my daiquiri spec that they're not going to like blow people out of the water. Very similar to what I think you were saying with the Providence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that 40 ABV version is for the entry level. But then when you're you're a rum nerd or geek like us, Will, then you step it up to that Pereira about 59. 59. All right. And what I would do with that is I don't, I don't uh, put any less. I, I still use two ounces. Oh, okay. you adjust the other elements. I do. I adjust and push it up to about 0.75 of the Demerara syrup. Which which so you do in a three quarters ratio, right? Yeah. Correct. So if it, basically I'm just, I kind of upped the sugar content a little bit to mm-hmm. play off of the higher ABV. And to me, that works spectacularly. It is one of my favorite daiquiris to make to this day. I will shout from the rooftops that Labat 59 <laughs> is, it, it's what made me start to love agricole. Wow. Um, that bottle. That bottle, the Nissans are very good. Also, there's a few other ones. But Labat 59 was when I went, whoa, holy shit, I get it. Yeah, And yeah, this yeah. is fantastic. So um, you, you don't adjust the lime juice at all? Just, I don't. Just the syrup? Yeah, yeah. I just push the syrup. Now, maybe I need to do some more tinkering. Like I said, I'm no, not I a mean, huge if, tinkerer if with that. Like but it, if you like it, then knock yourself I out, love. Man. I don't just like it. I love it. I, I think that <laughs> Labat 59 is just the shit. It's just, if you're looking for something that's going to be for a rum geek in a daiquiri, uh, you could do a whole lot worse than this Labat 59. It really, really steps on it. Some people are going to uh, take issue, I think. I saw uh, that sometimes when you use an agricole in a daiquiri recipe, people go, well, why not just make a tea punch? Mm, and why not I get just that make a argument. Tea punch? Well, I think, you know, it's a as much drink. as I think, yeah, I think as much as I love a tea punch and if, and the Labat 59 works great in a tea punch too, the standard daiquiri that I'm telling you with just upping a little bit of the sugar to, to do it, I enjoy the heck out of that. So there's there's no problem with doing both. I really I I think this is one that people sleep on and I'm I was looking so forward to pushing this out on the list and I'm happy that people will now hopefully take their bottle of Labat 59 and do a DAC with it. You may have mentioned it uh, 59 is the ABV. Of right. The, um, uh, Sorry. I can't yes. remember if that if that came up or not, but yeah, the the 40 is 40 ABV, the 59 is 59%. This is a rum agricole from Marie Gallant, not from Martinique. It's part of Guadeloupe. And right. Yeah, it's it's and it's a great... Distillery honestly, Poisson, right? Distillery Poisson, doesn't that mean fish in French? I honestly... I'm le shamefully poisson, bad le with French. Poisson. How I love le poisson. Uh, <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> that that is from the correct uh, distillery, by the way. Little Mermaid, I think. Okay, man, it's been a long time since I've seen The Little Mermaid. But, okay... I will round out our list here. This was my aged component. So I know I had the real McCoy, which is aged three years and filtered, but I wanted to do one that was just a straight up aged rum. And like I said earlier, I don't like a lot of oak in a daiquiri. So this is one that I think gives some oak, but not 
too much. This is one that I think is, it's kind of an indulgent daiquiri. It's a little richer than a typical one, but when I'm using an aged rum, especially one that's been aged as long as this one has, that is kind of what I want in it. And that rum is El Dorado eight year. Ooh, okay. I see the three year. I'm interested in hearing in this one, yeah. I see the three year get thrown around quite a bit with cocktails. I, I, I don't, when it comes to daiquiris, I don't see the eight year recommended that much. And this is one kind of like the the Planas, like you mentioned earlier, it does, I don't want to get into the whole, what is, what did El Dorado do to make their rums uh, show up as having additives in hydrometer tests? You know, they said it's yeah. using like spirit caramel in the barrel and all this stuff. I don't know what it is. All I'm saying is when you, if you test this rum with, with a hydrometer, which I did, it comes up. I it's it's interesting. I think on some websites this one shows up as like sixteen grams per liter, but when I did it, it was only like eight. I think it was eight grams per liter. I'm trying to go back in my notes. It was either six or eight. So it was like Yeah, it's not a whole lot. Yeah. It, it wasn't a whole lot. And when you drink this rum on its own, it's not like how the how the longer aged Eldorados used to taste before they started dialing back whatever they were doing. Um, it's not that mm-hmm. sweet. You can tell there's a slight bit there, but it's it's not off putting. And when you put it in a cocktail, it's it 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 doesn't it doesn't bother me. But this rum has a it's it's almost like I would say it's it's less oaky and more of like a caramel taste that you get from it as opposed to like when I have um. To compare it to another eight-year rum, Appleton eight-year. Um, okay. Appleton eight-year tastes significantly more oaky to me than this Eldorado rum mm. does. I, yeah, I, I don't know why. Maybe it has something to do with that little something extra. But this one, it's it's like drinking tropical caramel is basically how it tastes in a daiquiri. Wow. It's it's really rich. It's really nice. You get some some of the like tropical fruit influence. You get a lot of that caramel. It plays off the lime perfectly. It's just when you want a daiquiri that's a little less like, I don't know to say it's less tart. I just think it has, the, the rum has a richness that stands up mm-hmm. to the tartness of a mm-hmm. daiquiri a little more than a the other rums that I mentioned. Could be like the mouthfeel. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a rich, but not like overly, it's not like syrupy sweet or anything like that. It's, it's really nice. And I want to add a little twist to this because I know... Okay. I know you had the idea to add on like what's uh how did you describe it like a special occasion daiquiri yeah, like, like a, something a little extra that you do yeah something you like maybe once a year you give yourself a special treat by by twisting the recipe or using like a premium rum that you wouldn't yes. usually use something like that so I um, inadvertently ended up coming up with a new tradition that I think I'm going to do every year now through, okay uh, through the course of this episode so. I, I had to buy like a, a big piece of ginger for something I was cooking recently. And so okay. I ended up with more ginger than I needed. And it was like, I was like, what's something I could do with this ginger? I was like, maybe I'll make a ginger syrup to play around with huh. in cocktails. And then I was okay. like, you know, it's the holiday season. What if I not only did ginger, what if I added in a little holiday spice, a little cinnamon, a little clove, what if I even put a little molasses in okay. there at the end to almost go right. for like a gingerbread mm-hmm. cookie type mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. And so I ended up making, uh, I just call it like a spiced syrup, but it reminds like that when you smell it, it reminds me a lot of gingerbread. And so all you do is you make like a standard one-to-one simple syrup. So okay. a cup of water, 
cup of mm-hmm. sugar. Mm-hmm. I took about a two inch piece of ginger and sliced it, trimmed it first to get all the, what do you call it? Skin that's skin? on the outside. I don't know. Yeah. Um, got that off of it. Just did film slices. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a peel. Um, peel. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a peel. I'm an idiot. Mm. And I did thin slices, uh, get the syrup, not boiling, but like around a simmer, uh, throw the ginger in there. I took three cinnamon sticks. I crushed those up. Wow. I, I threw those in the cinnamon, pot. Yeah. And then I took about like a tablespoon or so of cloves, okay. uh, whole cloves, not, you know, not like the powder that you buy. Right. Uh, right. Threw the cloves in there, brought it to a simmer, let that ride for a couple of minutes, removed it from the heat, added an ounce of molasses, and then I just covered it up and left it on the stove, not on the heat, but just sitting there covered it for two hours. Mm-hmm. And right. then got some cheesecloth, strained it through the cheesecloth to get all the you know bits of crushed up cinnamon and the cloves and everything out of there. Mm-hmm. And you end up with just this very dark, so the, the molasses, even though you're just using a little bit, makes it super yeah. dark. But mm-hmm. so anyway, make that exact El Dorado 8 daiquiri, but instead of using three quarters ounce of standard simple syrup, use three quarters ounce of that spice syrup. And it is like a tropical Christmas delight. Like it's, it's great. Uh, it, it works so well. I don't I, I think you, you don't necessarily have to do it with the Eldorado eight. I think you could do it with any rum. It might work better with aged rums, but it works really, really well. It's not the spice and stuff isn't overwhelming, but you get that little hint of something extra, something that puts you in that that holiday spirit john you know while you're having your having your daiquiri but it's also like you're on a, a sandy beach at the same time it's Ooh. it's wonderful man i'm telling it's, you it's it's christmas time in miami <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> um the one thing i'll say is i probably could have put more ginger in there to be honest okay. um, because i get I, a little bit of it but it, yeah it's like i could use a little more I was going to ask you, like, now that you've kind of, you know, figured out what you're doing with this, are you going to tinker with it and, you know, try putting in different things to kind of hone yeah, it in? Yeah, I might. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe uh, you know, some nutmeg is something that yeah. I thought might be, might go in there really well. Maybe some mm-hmm. allspice. Um, right. There's, there's all kinds Star of things you can do with it. Mm-hmm. Star anise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. get nuts. <laughs> I don't think nuts would go in there. <laughs> <laughs> is nutmeg a nut? A whole nutmeg looks a I lot like a nut. I think it's a nut. It looks I, like I, one, but I don't think it is one, even though uh, it has nut in the yeah. name. I'm going to guess no, but uh, I look forward to somebody telling me I'm wrong. It's more um, Meg than nut, uh, personally. <laughs> uh, okay, so what is your, what's your special, not every day, maybe just once a year type thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, nearly as creative as you, although you, you're inspiring me. I'm thinking about trying it, actually, so... You should. Um, you I, should I think cook I up might. your own, yeah. and not just like that's that syrup I came up with is not super original. Like you can mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. tons of syrups like that online. Yeah. I did kind of an amalgamation of uh, amalgamation of ideas and different recipes I saw and just threw something together. Yeah. But ginger wouldn't have been the first thing that came to mind for me to do that kind of thing. But I, I can also see how it would work really, really well. Mine just to you know kind of round out the special treat. It was just to use a rum that I would not otherwise think of using in a mixed drink, and that. That is the La Maison and Villiers Hamden Unaged L Rock Ooh. at 57.88 ABV. Really great bottle that uh, it, it it is like rum fire, but it is toned down appropriately in a way that I find is a slightly more mellow. It still brings the esters. It still brings the flavor, but it doesn't 
quite take over in the way maybe a rum fire daiquiri would and it's also not as high abv as well so right right so it just it plays really nicely in there obviously it's a bottle that's hard to find so i didn't include it in my actual list but i am lucky enough to have one and i found that that's one of the best applications for it it's a really really nice daiquiri well i know i i pretty much just limited mine to three um i mentioned the kapali is one i considered i have another one that that i wanted to mention as well mm-hmm. but i mm-hmm. didn't pick it as one of my three just because it's not super widely available yet but i know you had like a bunch more oh so i've got a bunch wh- what are more, your yeah. honorable mentions here at the I'll, end i'll just uh i'll roll them off here real quickly uh but i had quite a few that i think these some of these get talked about and some don't um one for value the funk so the mm, Funk Worthy Park Source 50% pick. ABV, really, really nice uh, in a daiquiri. And it's so you, cheap, too. Exactly. I was going to say, for the value, you really can't beat it. If you see that bottle around, sometimes it scares people away, I think, because it's a lesser known name yeah. and brand. And like the Funk seems like, well, what am I getting? But yeah. uh, I really do think that one works well. Uh, Kohana, the Kohana Kea. I really like daiquiris with those, and I like trying the daiquiris out with the different cane varietals. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I see a lot, but just to put it out there, Paranubes or Uru Pancharanda both make very nice savory daiquiris. Yep. Devil's Thumb from Australia, we were uh, nice enough to get uh, a bottle of that sent over they, to they us. Sent and us that bottles really, all the way from Australia. Yeah, really, that really works. impressive cane juice rum. It is. It's a good cane juice rum, and that one works nice in a daiquiri. Uh, Barbosa Grogue, and uh, that's from Cabo Verde Islands, uh-huh, and then Rivers uh-huh. Antoine, the Granada Overproof Rum. You're just also. Naming, naming all of them. This is so well, many honorable mentions. <laughs> I, these uh, these are ones that I've tried at some point in a daiquiri that uh-huh. I thought this is a good daiquiri. I have to adjust the recipe to your point from earlier for some of these when they're higher ABV or they're stronger. But these are all, I think, just really, really nice examples. And I just wanted to throw them out there real quick. So what are yours? And did I cover everything at this point? I think you covered everything. (laughs) The only one I wanted to add was, again, one that isn't widely distributed at this point. And this is also a a, a rum that I've talked about on the show before, Mm -hmm. which is Cherami rum uh, from Ah. Porsche Distillery. In New Orleans. Yeah. So this is a cane juice rum, not a rum agricole because it's made in Louisiana, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's fresh cane juice. And their regular like their their flagship unaged rum is called Cherami Rum, C-H-E-R-A-M-I-E. And I think they may have just gotten distribution in Chicago. I think I think one I think someone said on the on our latest patrons happy hour mm-hmm. that they saw Cherami in Chicago. But anyway, it the thing that's surprising to me about it, because a lot of times you hear, okay. U.S. craft distillery, cane juice rum, this is going to be expensive. And I, the the price point for the bottle is usually around, like, I want to say 27 bucks. Oh, which that's really is, great. Yeah, yeah a lot hmm. cheaper than I, I was expecting, just because, again, like I said, craft distillery, U.S., fresh cane juice. Um, like, the Kohana rum is great. It's going to cost a lot more than that, you know? Mm. But it's, it's just... On again, going back to the scale of approachability, when it comes to a fresh cane juice rum, this is a very approachable one, and it just works. It it just goes so well in a daiquiri, affordable, just really good value. Again, the only reason I didn't include it is because of distribution at this. I know, point, but you're making me jealous. I still have not had this, and I hear so many good things from you and others. I'll yeah. I'll, I'll send you some. I know we say that all the time, but I'm actually going to send you some <laughs> this time. So, anyway, all that said. This was a really fun episode to prepare for. I drank a lot of daiquiris. Samantha helped me because I did not want to become too inebriated uh, throughout the process. 
but really enjoyable. And I know daiquiris get talked about all the time with rum, but sometimes it is fun to just stop and appreciate them, to try something you don't usually go to with them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just celebrate the daiquiri. So even though it's the holiday season, I know personally, I tend to gravitate away from citrusy drinks around this time of year. So it was mm. another thing that for me was a little out of the ordinary, right. but I really enjoyed it. And I don't know, maybe maybe December is the month of the daiquiri for me now. I've got my I've got my spiced holiday syrup. Uh, there's 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 no limit to modifications and things you can do to adapt the da- the daiquiri to your time and place. So yeah, let's make it a hashtag. Hashtag December daiquiri. Hashtag December daiquiri. <laughs> um, but yeah, and definitely, I, I would wager like seventy percent of listeners at least have their go to daiquiri recipes out there. Mm-hmm. So. Hit us up, email host at rumcast.com. Let us know your underrated daiquiri rums, your go-to daiquiri rums, your go-to daiquiri variations when you're feeling a little fancy. Let us know how you do it. John, they can also contact us via social media. How do they find us there? That's right. We are at the Rumcast on Facebook and Instagram, and you can uh, DM us there or just make a comment on any of our posts there. We, We love to hear from you all. As Will said, let us know what you're doing, what you're drinking, what daiquiris you're doing for December now. If you're going to try Will's recipe and or maybe adjust it a little bit, that would be cool to know. Get um, crazy with it. Yeah, just go for it and, and hit us up there. We love uh, hearing from you all and we know that that's what keeps us going and it keeps us trying to make more content and find more things to talk about with rum uh, just because we love the community. So yeah, definitely get in touch with us or let us know you're enjoying the Rumcast and we love to hear from you. Will, what else we got before we go? Patreon? Yeah, if you want to share a glass with us, we do uh, a monthly Rumcast happy hour for our cask strength patrons. Um, We do bonus episodes. We're going to have another one coming in December. We just released one that went deep on the coming Foursquare ECS release titled Touchstone. Uh, John and I (laughs) went deep on the name Touchstone. So if you want to hear us get into really nerdier, even more esoteric rum topics, the bonus episodes are great. But you can go to patreon.com slash the rumcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the rumcast. There's a link in the show notes. You can do that there to support the show and get more content. But John, with all that said, I, we're going to be back with, with one more episode in oh, yeah. December. It's we're going to talk about our kind of our, our year in review, our personal favorites that we had mm-hmm. throughout 2022. I can't believe it's almost over. I'm really excited about that. I got to start going back through my notes and preparing. But until then, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, wish everyone happy holidays and happy daiquiri drinking. Happy daiquiris, everyone.